Miriam Taves is the author of two novels, Summer of My Amazing Luck, winner of the John Hirsch Award, and A Boy of Good Breeding, winner of the McNally Robinson Book of the Year Award, and one work of nonfiction, Swing Low, A Life, winner of the McNally Robinson Book of the Year Award of the Alexander Kennedy Everster Award for nonfiction. She lives in Winnipeg. Bon journal. Much. <laughs> I don't know. Welcome to the Bibliophile. Thanks. Your editor from a recent piece in Quill and Choir. You're the front cover of the Quill and Choir. You're the front cover of the Globe and Mail. Mm-hmm. Doesn't get much better than that in Canada. Uh, I've been lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Is it the publicist that you have that does <laughs> this great work? <laughs> Probably. Or? I can't imagine. Yeah. 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 She's great. Or it's just that you're yeah. broadly acknowledged as. I don't Hot know. Stop. No, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, I've had two publications decided to do it, but, you know, it's who, who knows? And planets kind of aligning themselves in such a way. It's hard to know, really. Yeah. But it's nice. Yeah. I appreciate it. And we appreciate you being here. <laughs> Thanks. It's good to be here. The quote from Michael Schellenberg, uh, your editor at uh, Knopf, is the questions that most obsessed writers are the questions that are most essential to their lives. Mm-hmm. Road trips and mental illness? Um, I wouldn't say that those are the questions that are most essential to my life, certainly uh, to my life. <laughs> certainly, um, I think Michael's right, I agree with him. But um, in, this, in this particular instance, mental, yeah, mental illness, mental health is an issue that, um, that I touch on in a lot of my writing. It's something that I, that I care about, that I think about. My father suffered from mental illness. So it, it is a question. It is something that confuses me that, um, that I have thought about since I was a kid. So it's going to figure in my work for sure. Uh, the idea of road trips, I don't know. I mean, road trips are one of my favorite things in the world. <laughs> Why is that? Because you're, you're always well, exploring. You like to get out? I like the idea. Of, yeah, absolutely. I like the idea of being on the move, on things changing um, constantly, the challenges of figuring out where you're going to eat and sleep and who you're going to see. Everything's different. You never yeah. know. And like you meet new people all the time. You meet new people. Yeah. Random sort of seemingly experiences and and um, yeah and then for me as a writer I mean it helps because I sit in a car and I can stare out the window and I can think and I can actually you know formulate I, I thoughts sometimes mm-hmm. ideas you know raising kids for as long as I have it's it's hard to find that time when you can you know really sit and think so it's surprising looking at you that you're the <laughs> mother of. <laughs> Two twenty-year-olds, or over <laughs> well, twenty, and one eighteen-year-old. Twenty-three, twenty-one, and eighteen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's over. <laughs> Empty nest now. It is literally. It is. It's sad. I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> Other than right, huge yeah. successful book. The book you're promoting right now is the Flying Troutmans. Right. And uh, there's a little bit of an oxymoron in there: flying trout. Hmm. Yeah, although the, the Troutmans is the name of the family. There's a reason for the title that becomes apparent when you read the book, towards the end of the book. And um, the flying thing is, you know, they're flying, <laughs> not literally, the wheels are on the ground, but they're on an urgent mission. And yes, the crisis. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, you must be sick and tired of hearing the comparisons to Little Miss Sunshine. Um, that was a little, yeah, a little bit, I'm not sick of it. I like the movie a lot, but, I mean, I wouldn't want it to sort of start and end there. You know, certainly there are huge differences. Um, Little Miss Sunshine is a road movie, and this is a road story. You know, families, families. You know, my U.S. publisher was using that as a bit of a hook, so it's kind of caught on. 
Well, uh, there's mm-hmm. there's more uh, to it than just the publisher. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some quite striking parallels, mm-hmm. don't you think? The road trip and the, I guess you could say, dysfunctional family or family in crisis, you know, searching, yeah. Well, and the, the character who commits or tries to commit suicide at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. The brother. Right, right, yeah, I actually forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. So that begs the question, was the book written with a movie deal in mind? No, and um, I saw a little Miss Sunshine after <coughs> after I'd written the first draft, actually. But but uh, but uh, <laughs> no, I, mean, I would never write anything with a movie deal in mind. Why not? Oh, uh, because uh, I wouldn't possibly be able to. I mean, you can't predict those things. You can't control them, and it's not it's not a reason for writing. No, it's not definitely not a reason for writing. Mm-hmm. But you studied film. Yeah. So. Yeah, I love the idea of some of my work being, you know, made into a movie, but. Um, and that's just something that happens afterwards. It's not something that I consciously think of while I'm writing. Not like a lot of screenwriters who figure it's easier to write a right. screen yeah. play than to uh, write a novel, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah um, but it's, I don't think, I mean, no writing is easy, screenplay, novel, short story, whatever. I mean, it's all, you know, it's all tough, hard work. But some what's, people, what's some people are just better suited to write screenplays, and, you know, they're good at it. Because I know your writing has been compared to filmic, yeah, kind of a visual, mm-hmm. lots of clever banter and uh, quick flipping of scenes and things like that. Right. So maybe it would be uh, conducive to screen, to having a screenplay come out of it. Okay. <laughs> and you, of course, are a movie star. <laughs> well, I'm not by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> but. You were in a... He's a Mexican director. I can't remember his name. His name is Carlos Regatis. Regatis, yeah. And what did he... What else did he do? He did a movie called Hapon, or Japan, from Battle in Heaven. I guess were his two feature films before Silent Light. That's, that, that's already gone through the, the whole system, has it? Yeah, it's out on DVD now. You pleased with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, I mean, that's, that, again, that's a completely different thing than writing a book. That's his work. It's his vision. It's his idea. So he I saw you. He liked your photograph. I guess. And he read my book. It was fun. I learned a lot. It was really intense, but I learned an awful lot. I had a really good time. Did it inform the way you now write that experience or not? I don't think so. I, you know, I was just so intrigued by the way he put his story together. And then on, on film and idea of making a film and seeing that behind the scenes stuff and what is required to make a film is his astonishing to me it's amazing it's so different from writing a book you know it's collaborative experience yes there and, yeah. you know it's not, not solitary yeah. not at all but given that you've studied film mm-hmm. and you've now starred in a film mm-hmm. it's the next step directing one no 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 no, no. that was just a one-off okay was just, yeah it was a fluky kind of thing i'm sure it won't happen again and no i can't writing books very good okay <laughs> yeah in Manitoba, uh, or are you planning to move out? Yeah. I don't know. I'm always planning to live elsewhere. I plan every day on living in different cities, but it never happens, so maybe it'll actually happen. Like it's easier now, I suppose, with the empty nest. nest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm speaking with uh, Miriam Taves, the author most recently of The Flying Tribeman. The book, do you, would you like to talk briefly about it? Whatever you like. Whatever I like? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was going to just say whatever you like, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm actually just walk away. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, no, whatever, whatever you like. <laughs> I'd like you to stay is what I'd like. All right, let's okay. do it. 
first start. <laughs> it's a road story. Mm-hmm. A sister is called back to take care, rescue, if mm-hmm. you will, the two children of a single mother who's been committed mm-hmm. to the mental hospital. Yep. It seems to me that the theme that runs through, or the fear that runs through the minds of the children, mm-hmm. despite their, their chutzpah, mm-hmm. is the fact that they're being abandoned by both their parents. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, they're terrified. They're, um, they've got their armor. Um, Thieves is a way of talking that is slangy and kind of, you know, sort of hip hoppy kind of thing. Um, drives her brother crazy, but it's her way of. And, and uh, Logan, the older boy, the 15 year old boy, has his various, the, the things, his, his tools for survival. But yeah, they're afraid and they're vulnerable and they're kids and they need, they need direction, they need consistency. This is, I, I think, probably for me at least, the most interesting aspect of the book is the is the sister Hattie. She she may not want to take care of them, but she doesn't want to give them the yeah. sense yeah. that she doesn't yeah, want sure. to take care of them. Sure. And so it's it's a question of the kids believing or not believing or trusting that character. Yeah, and Hattie doesn't trust herself. She knows she loves these kids. Is that going to screw and these kids up or? But, but um, you know, she's doing her best. She's confused. She doesn't want to. She doesn't want a lifetime of, of taking care of them necessarily. She thinks, or does she? Um, these are questions that you know they come to answer or not answer throughout the course of the book. But yeah, they're every, everybody's a little nervous and a little afraid and, and um, wondering what you know what's going to happen to them. And then, of course, there's the sort of universal theme of searching for the lost father. Mm-hmm. Did your relationship with your father come into play in this? Maybe a little bit. Um, maybe not, this, not 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 literally. I wasn't ever searching for my father and going on a road trip looking for him, but he was always there. But in some ways, because of his illness and distant. Yeah, you know, absent in other ways, and, and that's you know, it's a story for a lot of people. It's not necessarily a father, but people that we that we know, that we love, that we're connected to, can often be missing, and you know, yeah. in different in different ways different parts of them. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's a point that's brought up in the book. Mm-hmm. Were you able to connect with him, or, or did you always feel that? With my own father? Yeah, if you don't Oh, know. at times, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, we had a, we had a very loving um, relationship, and he was a beautiful human being. And he, he, we had fun. We had lots of fun. Yeah. But, you know, those moments were, uh, I don't know if rare, well, rare, you know, but, I mean, he, he suffered a lot. He was, you know, in this dark, mm-hmm. dark, dark de- depression and, and battling hard, yeah. working hard. And it was only... You know, just to, to, to stay on top of things, and it was only later on in my life, when I certainly after becoming an adult, certainly after he died, that I could really, really appreciate everything that he was going through and try and understand him better. And I'm pleased to see this uh, attention to mental illness and mm-hmm. the attempt to destigmatize it. Mm-hmm. I think it's so necessary. Um, you know, we're moving in that direction for sure. I think, but still, you know, in, I mean, in life, in our society, in this world. The stigma is huge. That alone is debilitating, you know, on yeah. top of the illness itself, which is real and dark and horrible for so many people. Yeah. Um, well, that, know, that's the thing, too. I mean, I, I've suffered depression, mm-hmm. severe depression, and mm-hmm. one of the worst things about it was the shame. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, we're afraid. Yeah, I mean, you know, the fear of admitting something like that, the ramifications, and um, just being misunderstood, the loneliness mm-hmm. of it, the isolation yeah. of that type of illness mm-hmm. is, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a big big thing and it's very common mm-hmm. so how does this book uh, help destigmatize mental illness I don't know how it does if it does 
be nice if it did. You know, just I suppose, hopefully, in terms of showing, uh, having a character um, who's real and human and intelligent and loving, but battling with an illness. Showing. Showing that it's part of many, many people's lives. Many people across the board. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's, you know, it can strike anybody anytime. It's like any other illness, and it has to be um, treated aggressively as an illness and something that's real. I'm speaking with uh, Miriam Taves, the author of Fly, The Flying Troutmans and also of the Governor General Award for Fiction, winning A Complicated Kindness. That was 2004. Yeah. That must have been okay. Yeah, it was all right. <laughs> it was fun. It was nice. <laughs> I was here. A Complicated Kindness is sort of what the sister, Hattie, mm-hmm. offers up. It's kind of complicated for her, mm-hmm. isn't it? In the Troutmans? In the flying Troutmans. Yeah. yeah. The relationship? Well, the fact that she's offering a kindness to her sister, but yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. straightforward. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. similar theme for sure. Yeah. And so how does that resonate in your life? Have you had conflicted thoughts of being kind or unkind? <laughs> absolutely. Every day. Um, you know, we all want to be kind. We all yeah. want to... We all want to love the people in our lives and our orbit, and, but how do we do? You know, these, these questions of how do we do that best? Sacrifice for your yeah. kids, for example. Yeah, how much do you sacrifice? How much? You know, for any for anybody or for you, it's, it's it's complicated, and I think it's something that every human being, you know, is, is sort of grappling with, battling with all the time. I mean, we naturally love people, and so it's easy to love them, but you know, sometimes it's a little bit more complicated. You have uh, in your work, uh, and again, I'm quoting from the Quill and Choir. Mm-hmm. Peace, a preoccupation with departure and return. Hmm. Is that right? Well, that, that's what it says in there. <laughs> it's, um, you know, so. I, <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, certainly it is. I think, yeah, he's right. Um, it is a theme that I address in my work often, coming and going. And so why this is book, that? Um, starts out at an airport and ends with, you know, there's an airport thing kind of going on. Yeah, she's after. taken off to San Diego to. Go back to her sister, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, why is that? I don't know. I guess it just to me it reflects how life is. You know how everybody's coming and going, and it just it just seems to be a type of energy that is relentless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> departures and arrivals, departures and arrivals. But for some people, there's a, a lot more departures and arrivals than others. Mm-hmm, that's some true. people are much more sedentary and mm-hmm. don't want to leave their yeah towns. Or can't, okay. <clears throat> you know, yeah. or aren't able to, yeah. And you've been yeah. in Manitoba for... Yeah, a long time. Yeah. I've, yeah. Most of my life, I've lived in other cities for, you know, periods of time, but I've always come, gone back to Manitoba. You were in London? I lived in London for a while, yeah. And Halifax? Yep. Montreal. Yep. Writing all the time? Or? No, not at all. <laughs> Just no. living so Going you could school, write? school, being a student, okay. working in restaurants, waiting tables hanging out. I like this one line here, and uh, in fact, I would like you to read just a little bit if you've got sure. the time. This is Mark, who uh, who is Hattie's ex, I guess. He, he yeah. dumped her in Paris. Okay. Yep. So Mark's new relationship had worked out, and then it had stopped working out, and now he wanted me back. He wanted me to return to Paris, and we'd start fresh with less weirdness and more honesty. This was the perfect opportunity for a homeless woman with low self-esteem and mild addiction issues. He did tell me he loved me, and I told him that I appreciated that, as though he had offered to carry my grocery bags out to the car. He asked me if I loved him, too, and I told him I didn't really know. I wanted to say yes, but I wasn't sure. 
He considered that for a few seconds, and then he asked me if I thought that maybe in time I would love him again, because hadn't I loved him once, and wasn't that proof that it could reoccur? I told him I wasn't sure that he was the one I was supposed to be loving at the moment, and he said that love didn't work that way. We didn't choose who to love or when to love. I told him he was probably right, 99%. We left it at that, more or less. Okay, so... Good enough? Uh, that's good enough, yeah. But the next question is going to be a bit of a... What is love? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All of her twists. Where is love? I don't know what love is. You love don't is know. You know love is. What is love? <laughs> that's what, we, that's what I'm asking you. You're a novelist. Love is the most important thing in the world, but, but I don't know exactly about, right? what it is. Love is, you know, it's, it's up to, I mean, tell me, you know. It's a feeling. Well, there's different <laughs> kinds of love. Right? Yep, for sure. There's the long-term love. You've been married for how long? Well, I've been with the same guy for, you know, almost 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. And you're mm -hmm. still in love? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you're not going to say otherwise, are you? <laughs> uh, so let's, uh, we have, we just got the sign, so we'll uh, wind this up. Okay. A couple more questions, not quite so personal. Okay. Well, maybe it's personal. I'm quoting from somewhere here. It says, I'm always waiting for some catastrophe to occur. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm a bit of a worrier. <laughs> it's true. You know, um, it doesn't stop me from enjoying life, mind you, but, you know, it is something that I think probably. And it's true. I mean, look around, look at the world. The world is, mm. it does happen, you know? Inevitably, catastrophe occurs. Death, yeah. death of a close family member is going to Yeah, it's happening to every, you. you know, I mean, the world is full of it. It might not be happening to us personally, at, you know, in one moment, and then the next it is, and it's arbitrary and, you know, random, and we can't control it, and, but it's there. The way you control it is by writing novels. <laughs> well, it's the way I, I don't even, I can't, I, even that, I can't control any of the stuff going on but um, in the world, the bad stuff, but it's, and I can make sense of it a little bit uh, for myself. Hopefully, for people who read the book. Just one final question, then, and that has to do with siblings. Uh, there's some lovely lines about the relationship between Min. Uh, I thought of Minotaur. Uh, <laughs> well, that's interesting. That yeah. didn't cross your mind. No, actually, no. It didn't okay. And Hattie, and and she sort of comes around, I think. Mm -hmm. And there, as I say, there's some lovely connection there. Do you have that kind of connection with siblings? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have, a, I, I have a sister whom I'm very close with, and um, yeah, it's, you know, I mean, I think siblings in general, I mean, that's, that's another type of love. And in fact, another lovely touching sequence has Logan and Thebes when she puts her arms around mm -hmm. his neck, and mm -hmm. uh, he doesn't tell her to piss off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's I think, yeah, that, that, you know. They've that, got each other. Absolutely, they've got yeah. each other, and, and they've loved each other from day one, but it's not, I mean, you know, and people who, I mean, have kids and were kids, which is just both all of us adults, um, you know, <laughs> we were kids. We know what, you know, you know what that's like, you know, yeah. you love this person, this person's driving you crazy most of the time. Thanks, Thanks. so much for your time. Thank you for yours, appreciate it.